listening to the Uflourish Church Podcast, a gospel-centered, multi-ethnic church from Milwaukee, Wisconsin, dedicated to helping you flourish in your faith. For more information about our mission and how you can get involved, please visit www.uflourishchurch.org. Good morning, everyone. It's a pleasure to be here. It's a pleasure when we all get a chance to come together to worship together and to hear God's word together because we grow together and uh, we grow closer to him. We grow um, uh, smarter in his word and we learn more about what it means to be a child of God and to be an example and to be an ambassador of Jesus Christ. I've got Matthew chapter 6 verses 25 through 32 today, and those are not the easiest verses, but way back when I was younger and I, and I read these verses, I kind of got scared because I was thinking, I'm failing this miserably. And so since this is kind of controversial and it's kind of hard to really understand what he's really saying, I'm just thinking that Kurt and Ronaldo had a conversation and said, let's get these to Ed. Let's let him do these. So, so here I am. <laughs> We're going to do the best we can with it. But here in America, we have a social security system. And in that system, people who aren't under pensions but under social security, the government pulls their monies together and then they use that money to help take care of people who are at retirement age and not working anymore. Um, so you can collect a full Social Security benefit at the age of 67 years old. But your Social Security payouts at that time only covers 40% of what you probably need to be able to survive. So you'd have to find something else to do to make up the rest of that money. But in the meantime, what's really happening is, is that you're building up some money over time so that when the time comes to where you don't have to or can't work anymore, you've got some money coming in. So basically, they lay up treasures for you for later in life. Millions of people have lived off of Social Security. But according to the Social Security Administration, and their latest report, these funds that they have to take care of people very possibly will run out in 2034. That's 11 years from now. So for those of you who are young, you're out of luck. They're taking your money and they're not going to give it back to you. We're relying on someone who might not be reliable to take care of us when the time comes. So with the future of Social Security in question, you got to take care of yourself. Pastor Ronaldo preached last week and he uh, preached the verses right before mine and starting in verse 19, these are probably, to the rest of the chapter, these are probably some of the most neglected verses in the Bible. We read them, and then we don't do them, and I'm just as guilty as 
anybody else. But starting in verse 19, Jesus is trying to teach us how to find security for our future. I just want to remind you of a couple of verses that Pastor Ronaldo um, preached on last week. I'll read verses 20 and 21 because those are just two very profound verses. It says, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. You guys remember when, when, when God told Abraham that he was going to have a son and that he would be the father of a great nation? Remember that? Well, his wife was barren. She could not have any children. So in human understanding, how's that going to happen? I trust God, but then as time goes on, maybe our trust kind of fades a little bit. So Sarah decided, and I guess she thought, well, I'm just going to take this into my own hands to help God get his plan in order. So she took it upon herself to make it happen, and Ishmael was born. You guys remember that? Okay, okay. So, so basically, she got anxious when God was not moving fast enough for her. She saw no way for God's plan to work for her. Is there anybody in here who has ever looked at their lives and so I don't see any kind of way that God's plan can work for me in the situation that I'm in. I just can't see it. I know I've been there. I, I don't know about you. I didn't. You know, let me say this. This is not perfect me do everything right telling all messed up y'all, y'all got to get it together. That, that's not what's happening here. I've been in the same boat. So God did what he said he was going to do. Here's the key though. In the time when he decided to do it, not when you decide. And he made it happen. He brought forth a son. And so here this son is now, okay, we finally got our son, and he is going to be the father of a great nation. And then God tells Abraham to take him to a mountain and kill him. Do I remember that? This is the son of promise. Take him and kill him. And Abraham did not hesitate to do what God told him to do because he trusted God. And right before he was ready to stab his son, God stopped him. He said, I just wanted to make sure that you trusted me. So if Abraham can go through those lengths to show that I trust you over anything that I've got. How hard should it be for us to, to, to grow into that same kind of trust? Because I understand that we might not be there yet. But with practice, we can get there. With time, we can get there. Sarah saved up earthly treasures. Abraham laid up treasures in heaven. You can get anxious about God's promises and you can try to hurry them along. But the first verse out of the passage that I'm going to be studying today says, 
in verse 25. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on is not life more than food and the body more than clothing. So what Jesus is talking about here, he is focusing on your life and your body. He's focusing on your life and your body. So what can I eat to sustain my life? How can I get some clothes to cover my body? That's where Jesus's focus is. And the problem is not so much what I'm going to wear or what I'm going to eat. The problem is, is when we get really anxious and really scared and and have anxiety attacks about what am I going to eat 10, 20, 30, 40 years from now instead of living for today and trusting God today and then waking up tomorrow and then trusting God again tomorrow. It's a day by day walk with your Lord. And he never he never unfolds his plan to you from A to Z. He gives you A. And when you finish with A, he says, okay, now I'll give you the B part. Trust me with the A part. And when I show you that I can take care of that, you should trust me a little bit more with the B part. And by the time we get to Z, your trust should be so strong that you can go out and you can then be my ambassador. Confident that even in death, I will take care of you. This is where we ought to be growing to. I'm just like everybody else. I do not want to die. I don't want anything to happen to me. But I do know that martyr after martyr after martyr, servant after servant after servant, Christian after Christian after Christian, child of children of God from ever since there's been Christianity have chosen to die rather than to deny Jesus Christ. And so I know where I'm supposed to be. I just don't want to have to face it. But I do know that if the time comes that I need to stand up and I just need to say, Jesus is Lord. Do what you have to do with me. I know that's where I'm supposed to be. And we're not even talking about that today. So if, if we if we can get to where we can do that, surely we can do just what we're talking about today. Worrying about the distant future, distant future. Is sin because it denies the love that God says he has for you. It denies his wisdom that he knows how to take care of your needs. And it denies his power. I'm going to do this myself because I just don't think he loves me. I don't think he's wise enough to handle it. And I don't think he has the power to get me out of this mess that I'm in. Anybody in a mess today? The world we live in, there's more people in messes than not. I mean, just think about it. This world is not in your corner. So if you're relying on them, you're on thin ice and it's May. May ain't going to get no better. Then before you know it, after all of this worrying, And after all of this storing up and after all of this spending all of our time making sure our storehouses are full, our lives have passed by 
and we have missed the real purpose of why God created us, which is to share his love with one another. I'm thankful that he allows me to do that. I'm thankful that I stepped into that role and decided, let me learn just a little bit about this Bible so I can share it with somebody else. But if I was to spend all of my time trying to make sure that my storehouses were full so that later on in life, I, I, I would have something to take care of myself, then I wouldn't be blessed with the opportunity to be standing before you now sharing God's love with you and, and teaching his word. He did not create us in his image just to spend our time accumulating food and clothes. We're here to love him. We're here to worship him and serve him and to represent his interests down here on earth. So let's look at the next verse. Verse 26 says this. Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? So I got a question for you. Will God provide for the birds and forget you? Just think about that for a minute. I'll just I'll be quiet. Can't be quiet too long, but I mean, just think about it. Will he feed birds and forget you? I, I watch a lot of nature shows and documentaries, and right now I'm watching Tales from Zambia. And, and of course, that's in Africa. And on one of the episodes, uh, there's these, these baboons. And they go up in these trees and they only eat the ripest fruit. So if they pick something that's not ripe and they take a bite into it, they just throw it down. And even the ripe ones they eat, they're just, they're just the messiest eaters. And then they're just going, and then they're just all over the place. But what happens is, is whether it's, it's these sweet honey nectar filled flowers or whether it's fruit, a lot of it that drops to the ground, the animals that can't climb the trees get a chance to eat the stuff that they drop. There was a big pile of vultures, and once I saw everything they had to say about vultures, I hate vultures. Oh, my God. But anyway, this baby elephant had died, and here they are stuffing themselves and getting full. And not too far away was a lion, and the lion didn't attack them while they were eating that elephant because he had just gorged himself on a buffalo. God takes care of his creatures. They don't do anything but live. They showed this water and this bird was flying and he went down with his talons and he came up with a fish. Fish was just there waiting for him. He takes care of the animals and the Bible says that he loves you much more than he loves the animals. So trust him. Trust him. These animals preach to us how unnecessary it is for us to worry like there is no hope. Now, if somebody in my family gets sick, I'm going to be I'm going to be worried. I'm going to be concerned about them, but not like I have no hope. When I first looked at these verses back years ago, I thought that I couldn't have any emotions to anything. I couldn't worry about anything. And I was scared. It's like, I can't do this. 
But that's not what he's talking about. He's talking in context of what Pastor Ronaldo talked about last week, stirring up our storehouses with money and with food to make sure that 30, 40, 50 years from now, I'm set and, and, and I'm good to go. I took care of myself. That's really what it's about. It's about you turning your back on God to go and get it done for yourself. They neither sow nor reap, yet God feeds them. Here's the logic of this. Since we are more valuable than the birds, which God takes care of, then we can expect God to take care of our needs too. That's the logic behind it. Problem is, is that when I'm in the midst of trials and tribulations and I don't see that God is handling my needs right now while I'm stressing out, I figure I got to stand up and I got to go take care of this myself. Do your due diligence, do your best to take care of yourself, but don't worry about weeks and months and years from now. Do what you got to do today for the day. What has God blessed you with today? Use that for the day. And whatever he's blessed you with for tomorrow, then use that for tomorrow. Okay, so, so Pastor, I hear you up there talking, and I know people can get confused and say, well, then I can just do nothing and wait for my food to come in the mail since God takes care of me. Right? I mean, that, that would be the logic for some people. But remember this, in 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 10, Paul reminds us that if anyone will not eat, neither if anyone will not work, neither shall he eat. Okay, I, I, I'm going to get it together. Y'all scaring me. It's just... But it's not wrong for a farmer to sow and to reap and to gain a harvest. He's providing for his current needs. The foods that I have this year will take care of me for tomorrow and for next week and then what I pull out of the garden next week it'll take care of me for then and so and on and on thing but what he what he forbids what Jesus is forbidding is multiplying our barns full of stuff to provide for our in the distant future security and here's the key independent of God that was his message in his story of the rich farmer in, uh, in Luke chapter 12. Remember, remember that story? So I'm not going to go through the whole story, but, but the man said, my barns, my fruits, my goods, my soul. But in verse 20, God said to him, fool, this night your soul is required of you and the things you have prepared, whose will they be? All of this work you did, nothing for me, but all this work you did for yourself, all of this work you did to store up for you to make sure that you were taken care of in your own power for all of this time, whose is it going to be now? So while we are worrying about tomorrow, it kind of makes it hard to be thankful for today. Be thankful for today and let God take care of you today. So we can ask ourselves this question. If Christ comes today, whose would all of my possessions be? Just ask yourself that right now. If Christ comes today, who would get all of my stuff? And some of us got more stuff than others. There may be some hoarders in here. I don't know. 
But we all got some stuff, right? And we have enough to survive. We have enough to live on. But I can't wear the same pants every day. Well, you actually could. But our mentality is, is that we have to have enough stuff so that we can be stylish and dress differently every day. And, and, and our mentality has been trained to be more of a materialistic, I've got to get this and I've got to get that because I can't look the same way today that I looked yesterday. And I always, be, when the stuff that my wife be telling me, I be saying, where are these rule books that y'all, that you, y'all be coming up with? I be, I be wanting to read it so I can know the rules. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's, it's all, all of these rules, after a certain date, you can't wear white. Why not? <laughs> Show me the book so I can know why not. <laughs> Y'all know what I'm saying. Right, right. We can be anxious like Sarah and Abraham were and try to build our own treasure house or we can build up treasure in heaven and be rich towards God. This passage is trying to help us focus on eternal things and to trust God with our needs rather than worry ourselves into trusting what we can do on our own. Because how much power do you really have to change things? I'm going to be quiet again. Think about that. How much power do you really have to change things? Look at what verses 27 through 30 say. And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? You know what he's saying? You can't worry a single extra hour into your life. Not one extra minute, not one extra second. When he says come home, you going home, period. But he's also saying it would be easier to do that than to worry all of your future needs into existence. Jesus then says, look at the care your father took in clothing the flowers. These things that come and they go and he took all of this time to make them so beautiful and to clothe them. And you're worrying about what you're going to wear 10 years from now. You're worrying about, OK, where am I going to get my food from, you know, in, in, in 2045? The lilies of the field, they don't toil, they don't spend, yet their beauty surpasses that of Solomon's royal clothing. He does this for things that come and go. And. And so surely he will do it for you who are destined for eternity. If God takes the time to dress wildflowers that come and go in a short period of time, he will clothe his people who worship and serve him. 
So verses 31 and 32 gives you a comparison of those who trust God and those who trust themselves. Let's read those two verses. Therefore, do not be anxious saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them all. So we should not spend all of our time in an anxious pursuit of food, drink and clothing. The unsaved Gentiles live like that. You know, the people who don't know God, the people that have no trust in God because they don't know how he blesses. They've never taken the time to get to know anything about them so that so so they don't have anything to trust in but themselves. We have been brought to the light of knowing that God takes care of his children. So there is no reason for us to worry like we don't have any hope except for in us. You can't even add an extra second to your life. How are you going to make sure that you're taken care of for the next 30 years? How are you going how you going to do that? Remember when Corona hit? Y'all remember that? Does anybody remember that there was a coronavirus? Oh, you do. Okay. You couldn't even go to the store because of hoarders and because of people that were anxious and afraid. You couldn't go to the store and get a roll of tissue paper. If everybody had just kept getting tissue paper the same way they normally got tissue paper, there would have always been enough and it wouldn't have been just a flood and then a lack of supply. But we get scared and it's like, I can't figure this out. I got to fill my basement with tissue paper. It's funny now, right? Okay, by a raise hands, how many of y'all fill y'all's basements? Come on, how many? Come on. No, I ain't got no takers for that one. <laughs> okay, okay, I get it, I get it. But but people were acting like the end of the world was coming, and not only were they acting like the end of the world was coming, I was getting phone calls, and they was telling me that it was happening. It's the end of the world, and I said, "Oh, that ain't what my Bible says." So I'm not gonna just take your word for it. The Bible says some more stuff got to happen. When you know what he has told you about your life and about his planet, about his universe, you can measure what people say to you against what you already know to be true based on the word of God. And then you can go ahead and trust anyway because people can be so convincing that they can cause you to start to doubt and then you'll start to worry too. So it's good to know. It's good to know what he has to say. I don't even know what time I started. Well, we just keep talking, okay? <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll just keep talking. I got a little bit to say. During that coronavirus, I'm just watching and I'm looking and I'm listening and I saw, and I mean as a whole, very little trust in God. Now, am I saying that there was nobody that trusted in God? No, I'm saying as a whole, 
I saw very little trust in God. And this is from a nation who at one time a few years ago said that they were 88 percent Christian. 88 percent. So 88 percent of us should have been able to show way more faith than what we saw on the TV and in the news and on the papers and, and on social media. It was like all hell was breaking loose. The Gentiles live like they have to hoard up things, you know, like food and clothing and like and and they live like that's all that life is all about. We know better. Life has a deeper, more spiritual meaning than just spending my uh, my woke hours making sure that I can eat, making sure that I can have clothes and nothing else. Your next door neighbor may be destined for an eternity without Jesus Christ. Don't you have a moment to just go and say, hey, Jesus loves you? Okay, if I spend my time doing that. Let me just let me just practice that once or maybe twice and just see if God will take care of my needs. Because, you know, if 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 God proves himself to you once on a little thing, you can trust him for the next thing. And then you can trust them for the thing after that. And, and, and as, as long as that goes on, your trust gets stronger and stronger and stronger. And you can trust them to the point to where you can be like a man called Hudson Taylor who went to China. And all of the people that he that he brought in to be missionaries to China, he told them, don't ask anybody for money. Go in and trust God. He went into a place where nobody knew anything about God and he loved them so much that he only cared to make sure that they could hear about Jesus. And the same way Paul said, you know, I could ask you for money because the stuff that I'm doing for you, I deserve it. But I won't because I want to make sure you know that God is taking care of me so that you can have some confidence that God will take care of you as well. If I if, if I go somewhere and everywhere I go, it's like, you know, I need some money because I got to eat. Then it's like, OK, then I'm taking care of you. So I, I understand the premise behind don't ask anybody for nothing because we got to make sure that. Well, first of all, we have to make sure that we trust that God is going to supply our needs way over here in China. And then I can very confidently live that out. In front of other people. If we decided to spend all of our time making sure that we have what we need today, what we need tomorrow, what we need next week, next month. And then I got to make sure for next year and the year after that, year after that. If we spent all our time doing that, we would never know if we had enough saved up because anything can happen. The stock market could collapse. There could be horrible inflation. A catastrophe like a coronavirus could happen. A prolonged illness or a paralyzing accident. There are so many things that we cannot control that could interfere with our plans to make sure that we have taken care of ourselves. and I have nothing else to worry about because I made sure it was all taken care of. That would mean that God would be robbed of the service of his people. 
if I was so worried about making sure I could take care of myself, I wouldn't be here. I'd be out there trying to trying to fill up my barn with something. I would be somewhere else. I would not be here being blessed by your presence. The real purpose of life is being missed by a lot of people. We who bear the image of God would be living for an uncertain future on this earth when we should be living with eternity's values in view. Can you imagine living a life with eternity's value in view, how different it would be from somebody who was only making sure that I got a hamburger tomorrow? Can you see the difference? We're supposed to be looking beyond just this moment, beyond just next week, beyond just next year on a low level of I got to make sure I eat. I got to make sure I got clothes. We should be looking higher than that. We should be looking beyond that. And looking with eternity's values in view, that's what Jesus is referring to in verses 33 and 34, where it says, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is his own trouble. Sufficient for the day is his own trouble. Why are you piling on more trouble when you already got enough trouble today? (laughs) That's, That's what he's saying. Why are you piling on more? You already got enough that you have to deal with today that you're going to pile on more. We've got anxiety problems, bipolar disorders, and the list goes on and on, schizophrenia. We got so many things going on. And a lot of it has to do with we worry too much. Rather than trust in somebody who can take care of it for you. So the Lord makes a covenant with his followers. This is always good. He makes a covenant. And basically he's saying, if you put God's interest first in your life, I will guarantee you your future needs. If you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, then I will see that you never lack the necessities of life. He's not saying I'll see that you'll have a billion dollars in your bank account. You see, I'll make sure you have everything you need. And everything, everything that I need is not 62 different pairs of pants. I don't have 62 different pairs. I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm just saying, I, I might have 50. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I just want to see if y'all are still woke. <laughs> so what I'm talking about now is God's social security program. It's not going to run out in 2034. We're not going to have to worry about putting in for it, but we're not going to get it back. So you're saying, I'm putting money in for somebody. There ain't going to be nobody to put in for me, or they're putting in, but you're not going to give me none? So all you young people, trust God. Because Social Security system is not going to have it for you. This is from their own report that they, are, that they don't think that they're going to have it for you. The believer's responsibility is to live for the Lord, trusting God for the future with an unshakable confidence that he will provide. Your job provides you for your current needs. Everything above that is invested in the work of the Lord, or it should be. 
We're called to live one day at a time trusting him. You should not be anxious worrying about tomorrow. Why not, pastor? You might not live to see tomorrow. Think about what I just said. That's probably the most profound thing I just said. I'm worried about tomorrow. I might not even be here tomorrow. We take care of the day. Tomorrow gives you enough time to deal with the things of tomorrow. Learn to trust him for your future. Put your, put your investments in the one who died for you. The one who came and lived on this earth with the same kind of problems that we all live under now. And he taught this small group of people a way to live in this world, trusting him. And the same words he said to them, we have access to all of them. So we can be real disciples of Jesus and we can live without the fear of running out. Without the fear of not having enough. Without the fear of not being taken care of. It boils down to this. Trust him. Just trust him. Investing in him stands the test of time. The ravages of age can affect those kind of investments. Heavenly treasures are fully insured against theft and against spoilage. Always remember what the Lord Jesus said. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. If we send our money on ahead, then our affections will be protected from the perishing things of this world. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. Lord, you are worthy to be praised. We thank you, Lord, that wherever we are, you give us more and more reasons to trust you, to depend on you. You make us less anxious as time goes on. And as we trust you, we see and learn that you are the trustworthy one and that we can count on you. Father, help us to be more trusting. Help us to believe in you more and help us to be people who would introduce your love and your grace to others so that more and more people might be able to see that you are the dependable one, that you are the only one that can make sure that our eternities and that our daily provisions and needs are met. Father, we praise you and we love you and we just thank you for your glory. We thank you for your son, Jesus Christ. It's in his name we pray. Amen. God bless you.